Welcome to Day by Day Insights, where we share stories and bring joy via honest and down-to-earth discussions. We are your hosts, Lachelle Marlowe and Femi Onamusi. Join us as we explore real issues that affect everyday people in short but exciting episodes every Wednesday. There is no right way to grieve. There is only your way to grieve, and that is different for everyone. Today, we discuss dealing with loss and the many forms of grief and loss may take by Natalie Hemerick of Grieving Parents. Welcome back, everyone. I'm super stoked and excited about this morning. And as Lachelle mentioned, we are talking about um, grief and dealing with loss. And we've got uh, a most amazing person here today to um, have this wonderful session with. And that's in the person of Daytola Amure. Wonderful. Our first guest on the podcast. Yes, absolutely. Our first guest on the on the podcast. Um, I'll do a little a quick intro into who Daytola is. Um, I have known Daytola actually for 12 and a half years. Wow. Yay. Uh, And how we met is a whole other story. We met on Facebook talking about wedding plans. She was getting ready to um, she was planning her wedding, I was planning my wedding, and we were talking about colors and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, so that's how we met. And uh, two years later, she was sending me books about my, um, I was pregnant, and she was sending me books to, you know, um, encouraging and uh, books on prayer to help me through the process. So she's always a giver. <laughs> has always been, has always been. So we are super stoked to have Daytola here. Daytola Amore is the founder of Super Walking Moms. Uh, if you've no. listened to our uh, episode, I think a few weeks ago, we, we did mention her, didn't we? Yes. And uh, I gave her a big shout out during uh, Getting Started series with Tech yes, Pixies with, uh, podcast. with Joy. Yes. That's and they so actually have Super Working Moms link in their show notes uh, for do? people who are interested in finding out. That's more. amazing. So if you're listening to this and you don't know what we're talking about, go check out the episode that um, um, on Joy Foster's Tech Pixies. Yeah, we'll um, put it in the link. We'll put it in the link. Yeah. We'll put it in the link. Uh, Daytola is the founder of Super Walking Moms, a Christian um, organization for women um, and she's also a productivity coach and a grief recovery specialist. And we'll be focusing on the grief aspect of her skills and experiences on today's show. The Super Walking Mom is a group that has over 100 um, Christian women who are being mentored by her. And there is a free group that has over a thousand people. So she has, she, she is responsible for quite a lot of people. Um, I will stop there. Um, I will let Daytola do the introduction into her own family life because that's uh, very relevant to what we're going to be talking about today. So um, over to you, Daytola. Anything you want to add before we dive straight into the topic? Oh, first of all, I want to say a big thank you for having me on your podcast. I feel really honored and um, special that I'm your first guest. So yay, Yay. thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, I think you have captured who I am in a nutshell. And nowadays when people ask who I am, I tend to want to um, share, 
you know, <clears throat> things that describe me as opposed to just, you know, accolades and achievements. So I would say that I am resilient, I am resourceful, mm. and that I am um, an action taker. Mm. And I'm also a very determined person. So, yeah. That is true. <laughs> that is true. I can attest to that. And and as people who 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 hang with Daytola, it's contagious. You can't just yeah. be sitting on the sidelines. You have to find the action. Get your butt moving. And move yeah. it, move it. Yeah. 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 I think a lot of people have said that, you know, I'm an activator. I activate something in them that has been dormant mm-hmm. for a while. And I'm owning that gift. So anytime I meet anyone, I want to be able to activate them to do what yeah. they've been called to do. So, yes. And that's Beautiful. such a powerful position to be in as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Using your influence for good and to transform other people's lives and the people mm-hmm. within their sphere of influence. And 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 I'd say there are, if if I can say, there are two people that have helped Fumi and I get to this point to even have this podcast. And and that started with the Slayed Out Challenge. Oh, wow. um, we participated in back in April. In April, April yes. May. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and even in the, the term Jackie Channing, whatever-ness, is, is, is came from the Slayed Out Challenge. <laughs> so I, 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 in a large portion, and we'll get back into the, um, to the nuts and bolts of how we've, in another episode, how we actually brought the... Um, the podcast to fruition, but it started with Daytola and wow. and moved on to Joy Foster of Tech Pixies. Yeah. Um, wow. But w- we have you in a large part to thank for thank for being here today. Yes, oh. yes, thank you, absolutely, thank you, and glory yeah. to God as well. Absolutely, well, yes, we can't forget the big guy. Yes. <laughs> The big G. <laughs> the big G. Listen, you guys, you guys know I'm 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 a Catholic with an edge. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't fit the stereotype. No, nah, not that. me, love. No love. <laughs> right. So um I think before we, we have a list of questions for yeah. Daytola. And um if I, I've heard this story, you know, a number of times because Daytola has been in her role as a grief recovery coach. Um, she has been on a lot of platforms talking about this, bringing awareness to this. Um, but I think for the benefit of, you know, people who listen to us on Day by Day Insights who don't know, you know, what gives you the qualifications or mm. what gives you the authenticity to talk about this. Yeah. So do you want to um, just give us a little bit of a background, Itola, mm-hmm. on why you and why this topic? Yeah. Uh, thank you for that question. And it's so interesting. I, 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 these days I say, if someone had told me two and a half years ago that I'll be talking on this topic, grieve and loss, I'll be like, eh, no, I've got bigger plans. You know, I've got other things that, mm-hmm. I, that I have on my radar. So it's interesting that sometimes we don't know what the next chapter is for us. We don't know what the next, you know, sin is in God's story. And, um, I became a grief recovery specialist um, February this year, 2020. And this was at um seven months after my baby boy, Martin Okele, passed away. Um, I mean, obviously that wasn't planned, but in a way I feel like God has been using that date, the 23rd, to just bring joy back into my life. Um, mm. So December 23rd, 2018, unexpectedly, uh, my third child, my second son, my twin boy, 
Mariah Carey Caleb passed away unexpectedly and that just rocked my world. It stopped everything for me, everything that I thought I knew, mm. everything that I thought I believed in. Yeah, I began to question things. Um, so it was a very hard period, um, losing it, losing a child. They always mm. say that no parent, no parent ever dreams mm. or thinks that they would ever lose a child. And that's probably, I mean, not to compare losses or anything. Oh. I think losing a child is one of the hardest things mm. that anyone can experience. And yeah, so I've been on that journey and... Because I'm a productivity coach and one of my gifts is to help others. First of all, I wanted to help myself because I knew that if I if I was still in pain, I couldn't really do my business anymore because in a way my creative mind kind of shut down. Mm. And I thought, okay, I need to live a life of purpose. That's what I'm about, living a life of purpose. And so for me to continue doing that, I needed to get healing for myself. Mm. And also I saw it as a I saw it as an opportunity to want to help others who might be going through this exact pain. Or well, not exact, but similar pain similar that I'm going through. Mm. Because I just couldn't imagine, you know, you hear of women getting a miscarriage or stillbirth. And you can't even begin to imagine their pain, not to talk of losing a whole, I mean, losing a a child that you cared for, you birth. <clears throat> so I went down that route of um, looking for help for myself and in turn looking for help for others. Yeah, so that's in a nutshell yeah. how I went on that journey to become a grief recovery specialist. Mm-hmm. Detona, thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, and, and I think with the people who plug into Day by Day Insights, um, we discuss a range of things, but this is a very, very uh, sensitive topic. Mm-hmm. And, and we hope, um, our hope through this, this episode is to ignite a conversation mm-hmm. that although you're never, ever going to get back to normal, you always mm-hmm. have that place in your heart. Mm-hmm. But I think what I like most about that is finding the road, finding the path of healing for you. Because everyone, as the opening quote says, everyone does grieve differently. Mm -hmm. And with that said, I hate using this word, but for a lack of a better term, is there such a thing as getting back to Mm -hmm. normal, to a sense of, okay, we can lift our head up and move Mm -hmm. forward? And, And in that, what expectations have you encountered? And how have you navigated through this? Okay, so to answer your question, there's nothing like normal. It's a whole new normal. And that's, you know, I I quite love that term because it helps me um, set my own expectations for myself. Mm. So the person that existed, the data that existed before Moraki Okele passed away, no longer exists. Mm. There's now data 2.0. yeah, so the me before Morakio died, she's she's evolved. Mm. She's evolved into someone else, someone new, someone stronger, someone who is probably more compassionate, you know, all of those good things. <laughs> because <laughs> I know, because that's what that's what pain does to you. That's what mm. loss does to you. It 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 introduces you to yourself. Mm. Pain wow. introduces you to yourself. Pain introduces and, you to yourself. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it, it put things in perspective. Um, 
So again, for me, in the early days, I couldn't see beyond the next hour. So it was probably minutes. I was just taking the day, you know, minute per minute. Day day. After a while, it was hour per hour and then day mm-hmm. by day. Because life stopped for me. Life stopped. But now I'm able to, you know, embrace this new normal. Hmm. And then in terms of expectations, yes, you know, it, it's funny. They say that some people in your lives cannot handle the new you. And do the new a new chapter in your story, and so what would tend to happen is some relationships will grow with you in this new normal you're in. Some might fade away. Mm. With some, the expectations are different, you know, or the dynamics of that relationship is different. Changes, and I only found this out obviously after you know, um, Muraki and Kile passed away. So in terms of expectations from people, um, it's funny. I think most people were gracious, obviously, to know that, wow, this is, this is huge. But culturally, mm-hmm. I think there was this expectation of, okay, he's, he's gone, move on, don't talk about mm-hmm. him, oh, don't share oh. his picture. Wow. And that's what I mean culturally. Culturally, <clears throat> when you when you lose a child, um, and I say when I say culturally, I mean from the Nigerian Yoruba background. I don't know about any other tribe. It it, it happens. Mm-hmm. It happens in African American, but I think that's oh, where you need to sometimes share a, a cultural psychological slap mm-hmm. when people say insensitive yeah. things like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I mean even yeah. as 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 um really bad as saying you shouldn't know where you're. So a parent is not meant to know where their child has been buried. Yes, I I remember my my dad wasn't allowed to know where my brother was buried. Oh, I didn't know you lost a brother. My older brother. Oh, wow. Oh, I'm so sorry. I I don't, I'm sorry. I don't understand that. What's the significance of not knowing that? Because the, I know we're digressing here, but I I think that it was because the, 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 the and they told I can shed more light on this, but the, the whole notion was you're, you're supposed to, your children are supposed children. to, have yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when a child has passed before the parents, it's seen mm-hmm. as a sad thing, mm-hmm. but I still don't understand yeah. why because our viewers, our listeners probably won't relate, won't to, relate that to that because yeah. here you go put flowers and all that, so that of that's course. very interesting, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it's a case of you know, um, children are supposed to outlive their parents and bury their parents so it's a taboo why i don't know and i really maybe i should find out but i really don't want to know right now because yeah. it's, it angers me you know yeah. parents are not no parents are supposed to bury their child so that way you're not supposed to know where your child is buried but like again that's a whole separate but those were some of the expectations that were like oh you shouldn't go to his funeral i'm like um we do things differently in the UK. Thank you very much. You know, so even my, I took my children because I wanted them to be, this was part of their growing process as well. Yeah. And then expectations of people or from people thinking that the way Daytola was before, she would still build that Snap same person. Mm. You know, or like, oh, um, you know, are you still talking about this? Uh, mm. Thankfully, I think I, I, think I don't well maybe not to my face but I didn't really get this a lot but I've had back comments of people saying ah, is she still moaning is she still crying yeah I've had you know 
I'm mm. like, that's everyone grieves differently, just like you said, Lachelle. And everyone's mm. grieving process takes as long as it takes. As it needs to take. Yeah. Mm. And, 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 yeah, I, I can definitely relate to some of those sentiments and i think a lot of times it's it's insensitive but it's based from a place of fear mm-hmm. and uh-huh. and i think people don't know how to grieve yes and, and in a lot of our cultures we have let's just move on mentality yeah. and we try to superimpose that onto yeah. all aspects of life exactly and 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 the beauty of it is is you know that time in between when you're born and when you, you pass on, mm. you leave an imprint mm. on people's hearts. And, and that experience can't be erased, nor should it be. Yeah. But, you know, I've, I've, I can't even understand or be able to go into the headspace of losing a child. Mm. But from grandparents to aunties dying unexpectedly mm-hmm. to people you love, mm-hmm. you're, they're, they're your heart space. They're your, your loved ones. And we shouldn't just move on from the memory and the impact that they've played in our lives. Thank you so much for, for sharing that data. And um, this sort of leads me on to um, a question for you on how, because of the journey that you're on and how you are, sort of navigating those expectations that people have of you, especially those who think, all right, time to snap back, you know, time to keep on living, you know, life is for those who are living and all those other things that people Mm. say. How do you then answer, and this is a rather personal question, but I'm hoping you're able to answer it. How do you respond to people who then tell, ask you, how many children do you have? Oh, fantastic question. So in the early days, I used to be very like anxious if people ask me that question. But now I'm not anymore. I simply no. say I have four children. And no. it depends. It really depends. If if I'm in the mood to talk, I would say I have four children, one of whom lives in heaven. So that no. would get a conversation going. No. But if I'm not in the mood to talk, I just say I have four children. <laughs> and that is so powerful wow. isn't it yeah. Th- that's your way of putting a stamp on the fact that this was a life that was lived mm. yeah. and we're not just going to pretend like it didn't exist exactly mm. you know exactly. Caleb existed was loved yeah. by so many people oh, including beautiful. myself yeah and we don't want to forget him because yeah, it's, exactly. it's a whole human being absolutely yeah, so I'm proud to say that I'm a mom of twins. I'm a mom of four, you know, and um, if if you have a problem with that, then hey, too bad. But that's, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, I pushed him out. So I'm, obviously I'm going <laughs> to recognize you know, but, that. Yeah, but it's, it's funny. I think there was a time I was, I can't remember. There was this Facebook group I was on. I think I'm a mom of twins group and um, there were a number of people who, not in, a few people who had lost, you know, one of the twins and the the um, facilitator of the group wanted to just recognize, you know, moms who had lost a twin and she asked us to put a picture of the living twin on. But maybe someone didn't read it well. I was like, oh, you can't put up pictures of the dead. Da, 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 da. I was so upset and I don't usually get into, you know, those kind of mm-hmm. arguments on things. Facebook. I'm like, hello. I, you know, we pushed out this child. We, even if you didn't push out the child, if it was by cesarean, that mm. you still give birth to this child. You so they would always child. be your child. But again, it's, that, it's back to that cultural thing. Or I don't know if it's a cultural thing, but it's back to that notion of 
the child's gone, is gone, forget about him, forget about her. You can't. How can you forget about a child that you've birthed, you know? So mm. I think we need to be more sensitive as mm. a society, as mm. people. It's not just about culture. If culture is causing more pain, you need to get rid of some of those beliefs mm. and mm. embrace that these are, these, these are lives that we're talking about, a life that was lived, even if it was for a day, that mm. child, you know, came to this earth and must mm. be recognized. Yeah. Mm. thank you and i really hope that that's question for anyone that's listening Mm -hmm. will help open and spark up conversations Mm -hmm. down the line people are more able to recognize you know what this means and everyone that plays a part in this culture of strip it under the rug Mm -hmm. can start taking a stand to Mm -hmm. say i'm not going to be part of that yeah. culture and when we say culture we don't mean um an african culture lachelle is not african but well. she, she understands <laughs> for another day yes <laughs> like yeah. to news, you'll be very very pleased yeah. to hear okay. um, <laughs> now look at her her eyes almost came out of the socket <laughs> you guys can't see that i love just <laughs> but yeah no so um but it's I think it's it's a societal thing. Mm, and yes. I think it's more societal. And we see that even in in the workplace. You lose mm. someone, you're given five days compassionate leave. Mm-hmm. And to What's get over compassion it, in, in five days. And <laughs> and um the first day back at work, you know, everyone is sort of you know walking on eggshells around you, mm-hmm. and by day mm-hmm. two. Everyone just comes pretending like nothing happened. Happened. And that's why I say it's more societal than than cultural. And and I think this goes back to looking at the well-being of the whole person Mm, and how we look after ourselves physically, but also mentally, psychologically. Mm. And there's all kinds of this is the most devastating loss my my little mind can wrap its head around but there's all different kinds of degrees of loss and if Uh we don't heal if we don't grieve and work those things out over an extended period of time then you won't wish i'm shocked that we're shocked as a society Mm -hmm. of the astonishing through the roof mental health rates that we have when people have breakdowns Mm -hmm. we're not Allowing people to look we're after covering themselves. it up. Yeah. Yes. And we're making people if, feel bad for wanting to recognize. Yeah. Mm. In fact, a lot of, um, so with, as grief recovery specialists, we work with a lot of mental health pr- practitioners and mm. many of them have said that the underlining reason for mental health issues is unresolved grief. Mm. Unresolved grief. Yeah. Unresolved. So, but because it's not, you know, as a little child, you lose your pen and your mom says, oh, don't worry, I'll get you a new one. And, you know, doesn't even recognize that that was a loss. Just from that, from moving schools, yeah. changing friends, all of those things. Losing a pen, they lie about it. Exactly. Because, because, you know, we don't want you to know that. Exactly. Yeah. So unresolved grief accumulates and then you now find a lot of people who are mm. destabilized as adults. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that is, so no, that, that is very true. So, in in reflecting back to um, your children and looking at their experience of this, how would you suggest 
you know, we think about and be sensitive going about supporting bereaved siblings. What's that mm. process been like for you and your family? Um, I think we need to include the, the, the children. And so for me, I've always done that from day one. We, if the kids are upset, I try and listen to them to find out, you know, why they're upset. Um, the good thing is because two of his siblings are older, they had a relationship with him. So they mm. talk about him every day. Um, they want to, you know, they have lots of questions that you have to answer. Um, even just yesterday, Prof. J was saying, but mom, what if Moraki or Caleb woke up and he's trying to get out of his, his coffin? Who's going to help Aww. him? I'm like, he's in heaven right now. You know, he's with God. He's like, but what, what if he needs us? I said, you know, so it's those kind of questions and you have to mm. take a step back and just reassure them that <clears throat> because he's, he's seven. So in his mind, he's still, he's still, grappling he, he's still yeah, still trying to understand what, what happened or, you know, what all of this is. But the good thing is that now started a conversation around heaven. Like, okay, Caleb is in heaven now. We want to know more about where our brother is. And it's so funny because growing up, if someone asks you, what is heaven like? You don't really know. No one talks about heaven, even though that's our home. And we're all going there one day. But mm. now, you know, I had to get a book. There's this book I got on heaven for questions that children ask about heaven and the answers. Mm. And that has, you know, um, opened up a discussion to talk about where their brother is now. So that way... Mm. We keep the conversation going, and like I said, I try to um, answer any questions they have, especially my son. I think um, Bionic, my t um, ten-year-old, going to be twenty soon, <laughs> <She's>, <laughs> um, is able to get it more, and she's mm. you know she 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 goes for counseling and all, mm. um, and all of those things. So yeah, it's it's I think. Carrying the children along, acknowledging their feelings is very important. Yeah, mm. that that's really reassuring to hear that you guys have cultivated a process mm. that works for your family. Mm. I know we have a range of 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 listeners that have different expressions of faith or no faith mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. So from that, I take you know explore what methodologies, what mm. processes, what notions of nirvana that will bring you and your family comfort yeah. that you mm. can tap into. Because yeah. some people may believe in the notion of heaven or hell or whatever. But and it's just some may not. Yeah, but mm. it's just nice to know that there's a space for people can find what works for them and their families yeah. in yeah. order to navigate through the space. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I I I really, really am encouraged by um, the last comment you made about, you know, she goes for counseling, mm -hmm. i.e. the notion of making them realize this early, that it is yeah. okay to ask for help. Yeah. And uh, that is such a, a reinforcing and an empowering thing that you've mm -hmm. done there. And it then leads me on to my question mm -hmm. about your work, because now you're in the space where you actually then help others yeah. Um, as a certified grief recovery coach, mm -hmm. how can you tell us a bit more about your work in that space? I know at the start, you've mm -hmm. told us about how <clears throat> what led into that yeah. and, and how you got certified in in February. But mm -hmm. just taking that now, mm -hmm. 
how does that work? Uh, yeah. You know, if someone were to come to you, how would mm. you help them? What does the okay. what does your work in this space entail? Perfect. Okay. Um, so as a grief recovery specialist, we work alongside people to recover from their mm. pain, from their loss. And the analogy I love to use is imagine that grief is like weeds in your in the garden of your heart. It's growing and it's stopping you from living a life of purpose. It's pulling you back, because, if, especially when it's unresolved. As a grief recovery specialist, what we do mm. is to go in with you into the garden of your heart and begin to pull out those weeds gently, carefully, mm-hmm. by you doing some emotional heart work to complete with all those unmet expectations. Because grief really is um, knowing that all those things that you had hopes for are never going to happen on the side of eternity. Mm. So it's helping you not find closure. We don't believe in closure because closure really is, is a myth. It's another um, thing <clears throat> about covering it up. Exactly. Yeah. But actually what we help you to do is to complete with mm. those unmet expectations from either that relationship or that dream you had. Because loss isn't just about losing someone. It could be losing a job. It could be losing your marriage. It could mm-hmm. be in an intangible loss, loss of trust, loss mm-hmm. of friendship, loss of your innocence. So helping you come to terms mm-hmm. with all of those things. And it's usually over a period of seven weeks where we do some hard work together. Um, and grief recovery is different from therapy um, or counseling, the traditional counseling in the sense that Traditional counseling kind of talks about the weeds, um, mm. but don't necessarily give you the don't necessarily the give you the right tools to deal with that current loss and any other loss that comes up again. So that's mm. the main difference. So wow. traditional counseling is about discovery, but hey, you already know what the problem is. You've lost someone. You've lost something. Mm. So grief recovery takes it to the next step. Helps you to actually. Um, Come to terms with your loss, complete with your loss, and move forward so that you can find new meaning to your life now. Wow. Is- and you know the funny thing, the interesting thing is that, <clears throat> okay, so you know I work as a productivity coach, right? Yeah. And it's interesting because I, going through this process and knowing how unproductive I was when I was grieving, I was like, there's a link. There's a link between grieving and not being productive. And I started doing some research. And there's so, not a lot of um, work has been done around this. But then from the little studies that the Grief Recovery Institute has done, there is one of the major um, responses to loss is lack of concentration. Lack of concentration. Mm. so imagine you in your job you can't concentrate you're making mistakes mm. or your business you can't you can't tap into that inner you know the, the inner creativity you have and so i've noticed that when women come to me saying oh i want you to help me with my goals i have all these dreams but i feel stuck i don't know what to do in the discovery when when i go through a discovery um, call with them i find that, that they're actually grieving something that they haven't wow. dealt with and mm-hmm. that is what is blocking them from actually, um, you know, being productive. From because they have like all these amazing, beautiful goals, but they just can't. It's like there's a ceiling they can't go past. 
Mm. So what we tend to do is pack the goals, work on the grieve, and mm. then I'll come back to mm. the goals. Mm. Because by the time they've dealt with unresolved grief, there's a tap just flowing gushing. That was what happened for me. Because the year my son died, I couldn't do anything mm. business-wise. I was just, I was so unproductive. But after mm. I, you know, um, recovered, and when I say recover, I mean felt better. I came to terms mm. with, okay, my son's not here with me now. It's fine. Um, all of this amazing, beautiful ideas, you know, just started gushing. And the, mm. the podcast that we're launching, me and a, a, a friend are launching in a few weeks. Oh, actually, yeah. I don't know when this is coming out, but we're launching soon, is mm. one of those amazing ideas. So, you know, I've just been doing so many. In short, I feel like I need a clone because it's, it's like the ideas are more, much more than I can take at a time. Yeah. So, Wow. Did you want to tell us is. the name of the podcast? Because yes, we will include it in the show notes. Absolutely. Because your podcast will have launched by the time we... Yes we post this but yeah just a little bit more about the podcast about the podcast so people know what to expect and to go follow like and subscribe yeah thank you so it's called when life stops Mm. um, a podcast on finding new meaning after loss Mm. so because so me and my co-host stella she also has a very similar story to, to me she lost her first daughter um at a very young age i think she was a year or so and because we've come, we, we are going through that journey and we want to be able to share with others. No one's really talking about these things. People are, but it's, you know, the few things we've heard, it's either from a place of gloom and doom and, oh, yeah. We want to tell you, we want to tell our listeners that you can still find new meaning to your life after this major loss, after life stopped for you. So we want to be able to, speak joy and hope into the lives of others but showing them practical ways to deal with their loss and also to educate their friends and family on mm. how to navigate mm. loss you know with the griever because that's one thing like you said we haven't really been taught and everyone we are all going to experience loss at some point in our lives we will. as long as you're on yeah. this earth yeah. we'll you know experience yeah. loss so i think it's it's a podcast for everyone to listen to mm. yeah. yeah yeah oh thank you so much Tetola. i mean i think for me one the the just hearing you talk about i mean i've i've known for almost a year that you're a grief recovery specialist but mm. i don't think i fully understood mm. the approach Yes. to to healing and recovery until you mm. explained it and as you were speaking i was thinking oh my days i need help and support mm. for mm. for dealing with the loss of my dad oh, and that mm. that's what mm. just came to my mind when you mm. said that because mm. it's been seven years mm. but just talking about those weeds mm-hmm. yes. i fully recognize they're still there and yeah. every yeah. day you know, um, living and trying to yes. cover them up because mm. that's expectation, right? Exactly. Everyone expects you to just sort of mm. champion yeah. things. And even yeah. if you have to go into a dark room and cry, yeah. <clears throat> come out with your face glam, face. Mm-hmm. all done. Don't just don't let other people yeah. know. No. Because then, and I'm sure there are probably people listening to this and thinking, really? It's been seven years ago. But, but, but that's exactly the pro- point. That's, yeah. And that's the you know that's one of the biggest myths about about loss and grief that time mm. heals all wounds. Oh, I hate time that. Time doesn't 
do nothing to your wounds. No. If you don't do anything, I mean, think about it. If your car, if your, if the, the tire, one of the tires of your car um, was flat, what would you do? For me, Alasha, wait for time you? to you wait for time to fill it. No, you you get you, you, you just fix, won't go anywhere. Exactly, you, just, you, you go silly. fix it. You, you go, go fix it. it. You either yeah. call the AA if you're in the in the UK, or if you if you're in Nigeria, you know how to fix a tire yourself. You get out the jack and get yeah. it done. Yeah. But if you sit there and it's still saying time's gonna heal this tire, time's gonna fix this tire, man, you're gonna be there forever. Yeah, even a so real wound. Yeah, yeah, exactly. even a real wound doesn't wound. get healed with time you need to treat it and i think that goes back to unhealthy platitudes because people are at a loss because going back to what you said we don't put this in curriculum we don't have Mm -hmm. this part of the dinner table conversation like you said we all will be here hopefully we'll make impact and we will die. We even even mm-hmm. I'm having a hard time saying the word die. Yeah. You know, because we're talking about this context of, of a child. But even you said seven years. Look, I, I have a dear auntie who passed away unexpectedly due to con- complications, a horrific thing at 33 years old, right when life was happening for her. And that was in 1993. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to stop talking about it now because I will go ball into a cry because I'm still grieving the fact I can't hear her coming. You know, I'm still grieving the fact that her child's life went off the rails after she passed. So we need to start a conversation. And you guys know me. I'm all about revolutions and Mm. disturbing things and all that systems that don't work because these platitudes, just like what they symbolize, are unhelpful, counterproductive. And I would even dare say destructive. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very. And you talk about curriculum. One of the things Grief Recovery Institute is doing is trying to get um, schools talking about grief, talking mm-hmm. about they want to put it into the P, is it P-H-S-E? P-H-S-E or C-H-C-I-A. Yeah. So it's one thing they're working on. And we actually have a program as well for um, teaching parents how to help their children deal with loss. So I'm excited. I'm going for my next training in August. So that's mm. one of the things I'll be doing as well, teaching adults how to help their children or their young um, young kids learn how to deal with loss. Yeah, And I think this is a prime time because we're globally dealing with the notion of a collective loss. Mm. So hopefully the bodies that be the policymakers and all this and people who are advocate will see this as a great time to kind of introduce this on a systematic level. Mm-hmm. I am. Okay. Um, wow. Yeah. That's all I have to say. And that's not probably good for a podcast, no. but I, I don't have anything more to add. No. Detola, is there any parting words that you would like to leave with our, our, our listeners? Um, yeah, what I would just say to anyone who's grieving, whether it's a recent loss or, you know, it's been a while. First of all, I'm sorry for your loss. I can't begin to imagine what you're going through because, again, as we say, every loss is different. But what I would say is try and get help, you know, get help. Because if you don't do anything about it, 20 years down the line, you will still feel the grief. You'll still feel as you feel now. So, um, yeah, I, I, people should just get help. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, there are lots of grief recovery specialists um, out there. So um, yeah. that's it. Please get help because time isn't going to do much. But um, 
the actions you take, the heart work, the emotional heart work you do will would help you heal. Emotional so you can, heart work. Yeah, so that you can begin to live your new normal. More productive life. Be more productive, yeah. Mm. Mm. Wow. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Jatola. Thank you. We are always Thank you for having me. Yes, we are always inspired by your story, your amazing testimony, your amazing ability to continue to reach and not only reach for yourself, but even in in going through the grief recovery process, you did it with a heart space to how can I apply these things, these principles and help someone else. Mm-hmm. And we love you and thank you so much for always reaching back and reaching up. Thank you so much. Thank I you. Enjoyed this. <laughs> oh, wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. Thank you. Okay. Well, we'll we'll let you get back to your family. Love, blessing, and light. Um, thank you. And continue shining brightly and making our world amazing. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to subscribe, review, and share.